This is Randall Jarrell. His name is pronounced Randall Jarrell, not Randall Jarrell. Hello, my name is Ethan Hawke, and this is one of my all-time favorite books. It's called The Animal Family. It's by Randall Jarrell. His name is pronounced Randall Jarrell, not Randall Jarrell. He was kind of a big shot poet in his life. Maurice Sendak did the pictures. Um, the book's out of print. New York Public Library, great place to find it. But you can find it. It's staggeringly beautiful. It's about a hunter, and if I could give you one gift in this time, it would be to turn you on to this book, Randall Jarrell. His name is pronounced Randall Jarrell, not Randall Jarrell. This is Randall Jarrell. This episode of my monthly audio newsletter, mostly about nothing, is all about the American poet Randall Jarrell. Reading a number of poems from a book called Losses. Lady Bates. The lightning of a summer storm wakes in her clay cave at the end of the weeds past the mock orange tree where she would come barefooted curled up butted over the green grained rotting fruit to eat blackberries a scratched handful the little lady base you know uh, I always uh, it's very hard for you not to kind of uh, talk like a useful mother who tries to change people or something, and of course it, it doesn't do any good. People uh, can't, can't change, and it's kind of irrelevant. I mean, I'd like to read you some poems. Uh. You've played too long today. Open your eyes, lady. Is it a dream? Like the ones your mother used to talk away when you were little and thought dreams were real. Your dreams are real. There are no more dreams, no more real. There is no more night. There is no more day. I really think it's one of the, the best poems anybody's written in the last 40 or 50 years. And When the Lord God and the Holy Ghost and the child Jesus heard about you, lady, they smiled all over their faces and sang like a quartet. Lady Bates, is it you, the little Lady Bates, our minister one Sunday evening held down in the river till she choked? in a white dress like an angel's red with the clay of that red river. Lady, where are the two we sent to fetch your soul? One coal black, one high yellow angel. Where is night? Where is day? Where are you, Lady Bates? Did, did you see that um, sports arena there? The one, the one that's got the concrete dome by that new, uh, it's one of the most beautiful buildings I ever saw. Do you mean the ones Mussolini built? Uh, no, no, it's a brand new one. When I met Robert Graves, he, uh, he, he told me it was a Catalan name. Oh, uh, 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 a Catalan, a Spanish uh, name. He was convinced it must be, or otherwise it 
wouldn't have the accent on the last syllable. And I told him that it was just because my family did it wrong, but he didn't believe that. <laughs> it was it was too uninteresting a way of being yeah. wrong. Uh, you, you all remember that feeling, don't you? Uh, late Friday afternoon, you felt Friday night, then Saturday, then Sunday. It, it, it hardly seemed that the world would ever get to Monday. Uh, this is a poem. The, the style, is uh, some of it is, is rather different. Or... They looked for you east. They looked for you west. They lost you here in the cuckoo's nest, eating the sweet, quiet heart of the grass. You died before you had even had your hair straightened, waited on anybody's table but your own. You stood there helping your stepmother boil clothes in the kettle in the yard, you heard the girls go by at play, calling to you in their soft, mocking voices. Ladybug, ladybug, fly away home. You are home. <laughs> they can cut the tape with a pair of scissors. <laughs> Living is more dangerous than anything. It is terrible to be alive. Once uh, I had a class, uh, and we were starting out reading some of your poems, and uh, there was one girl that was crazy about your poetry, and and we read The Witch of Coast that she'd never read before. And uh, we read that the first day and we read uh, Home Burial the next day. And uh, finally she looked at me indignantly and she said, that's not my Robert Frost. <laughs> <laughs> but later on she got uh, wow. inured even to that, that. That was Trilling's Robert Frost. I <laughs> wanted to ask you about that. Um, let's see. I. I wrote something down here. Uh, let me. A lot of these lines sure are familiar. The bigger the empire, the more clerks there are in it. There's a bed of your own. There were a few stones. Stick up in the tall grass, dried to hay. And one wall at the end of summer rustles too dry to weep for you. The screech owl shears away and calls who, who, you're afraid, and he is afraid. Who else could see a black ghost in the dark, a black, barefooted, big-tailed, trifling ghost with eyes like white clay marbles, who haunts no one. Who lies still in the darkness, waiting while the lightning bugs go on and off. The darning needles that sew bad girls' mouths shut have sewn up your eyes. If you could open your eyes, you would see nothing. For black trash, the wind has blown you away forever by mistake. And I sent the wind to the chain gang, and it worked in the governor's kitchen, a trustee for life. 
that was all written in the book of life. Day and night met in the twilight by your tomb and shot craps for you. And day said, pointing to your soul, this bad young colored lady. And night said, but death, after the habit of command, said to you, slowly closing his hand, you're a big girl now, not even afraid of the dark when you awake. When the day you sleep through is over, you awake. The stars rise in the early evening, an inch or two over the grass of your grave. Try to open your eyes. Try to reach the one to the nearest. Reach. Move your hand a little. Try to move. You can't move, can you? You can't move. You're fast asleep. You're fast asleep. It's a good phrase. It reminded me of um, in The Great Gatsby, where Gatsby says about Daisy's feeling for somebody. It was just personal. <laughs> um, I'm glad you, know, you didn't say it reminded you of Yeats, because I've oh, been wondering no. whether I whether I bummed that word from Yeats. In the yard by the house of boxes, I lay in the ditch with my bow. And the train's long morning whistle wailed from the valley below till the sound of my rabbit gnawing was the grass's tickling shadow. And I lay dazed in my halo of sunlight, a napping echo. I saw through rainbow lashes the barred and melting gaze of my far-reading captors. The dappled mustangs graze by the quills of the milky wagons. After some feverish days, they smile, and the numbing laces are cut from my wrists with praise. When I woke, the rabbit was gnawing his great, slow, ragged bites from the wood of the warden hutches, and dusk had grayed the white wagons hunched on the roofs of their run. The train mourned below for the captives, a thinning echo. It all comes back to me now. I think when you see, uh, when you read it, there, you you have an, an extreme feeling of uh, of clean uh, new cut wood. Mm -hmm. You know the way the wood looks when you strip the bark off, or when 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 it curls up from the plane, or so on. To finish, I'd like to read you a, a poem named The Woman at the Washington Zoo. Uh, 
The bigger the empire, the more clerks there are in it. And if you go to Washington, why? Their husband, there are hundreds of thousands of uh, women with no husbands, no families, no nothing. And uh, th th this is one of those. Um, she's uh, older than she'd like to be. I think myself that she has plenty of clothes, but nobody to wear them with or for or no place to go in them. She's got the feeling that uh, she doesn't have but one dress. It's a, it's a navy blue print that's gradually lost its color with being cleaned so many times, but still it's serviceable. And uh, she feels she wears it to work and wears it home from work and wears it to bed and is going to be buried in it. And uh, she sees uh, some people that look to her like the opposite of herself. They're the women from uh, the embassies of um, India and Pakistan, and they're wearing saris. Uh, oh, I know you've got some students with saris here, haven't you? Uh, they look wonderful, you know, they're, they're, they're just like classic Greek robes, but in the colors that the classic Greek statues had before they lost their paint. And uh, she, she go, uh, when you don't have anywhere to go, you sightsee, even if it's your own town. So she goes to uh, public squares with fountains. She walks under domes. She uh, generally gets shadowed by seven, several hundred million tons of marble. And uh, she goes quite a lot to the zoo uh, because uh, in a funny way, the animals in the zoo seem to her like herself, uh, but in a funny way, uh, better off than she is. The zoo at Washington um, is a pretty extraordinary one. It's in Rock Creek Park, um, which is just like a kind of national forest with a rocky stream and uh, all kinds of little ravines dropped down in the center of Washington. Uh, a lot of the, the cages in the zoo are open on top and uh, they're buried back, they're back in the ravines. And uh, some of the things that impressed me most about them, uh, you'd often go past a, an open cage of, of foxes and the foxes were curled up sleeping or else curled up looking bored and miserable. And uh, they fed the foxes in an odd way. Uh, it always seemed to me kind of like a, the parable of the sore in the Bible. A man came with a sack and in it were a lot of absolutely perfect, absolutely stiff white rats and white mice. And he sewed them on the floor, a concrete floor, so that the uh, foxes couldn't dig their way out. They would eat some of the rats and mice, and the others they would just leave there. They were bored with their food. I, I used to see a couple of big white wolves, so big that we'd, we'd bring them liver and feed it to them, and when they'd come over and uh, to the edge of the cage and get fed, they'd stand up on their hind legs 
and you'd have to look up about a foot into their eyes. Uh, see, um, the, the, the queerest thing I ever saw was, um, there are a lot of vultures there, turkey buzzards, and uh, sometimes you see them just circling around. The funniest place I ever saw them, I used to play tennis at the, oh, you know, the Sheridan Hotel. There's a there's a radio station tower uh, right next to the tennis courts, and I was watching a defense secretary, McElroy, play doubles once. Well, I wasn't really watching. I just cast a random glance because he and a good tennis player, and uh, <laughs> um, and 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 I could see that. Uh, about 40 or 50 feet above his head, uh, there were several vultures perched up on the... Uh, well, um, this, this, she says this poem, and it's uh, how she feels about uh, Washington and life and different things. I think um, I've thought about this some, and um, now it seems to me uh, that it. Uh, I'm. Um, oh, this is. Um, I can't think of any uh, other poet that uh, that set, thinks so much of of people as being a um, um, uh, prehistoric man, or was the man in. Uh, the Star Splitter, a real man. The woman at the Washington Zoo, she starts out and says, The sorries go by me from the embassies. Cloth from the moon. Cloth from another planet. They look back at the leopard, like the leopard. And I, this print of mine that has kept its color alive through so many cleanings, this dull, null navy I wear to work and wear from work and so to my bed so to my grave, with no complaints, no comment, neither from my chief, the deputy chief assistant, nor his chief, only I complain. This serviceable body that no sunlight dies, no hand suffuses, but Dome shadowed, withering among columns, wavy beneath mountains, small, far off, shining in the eyes of animals. These beings trapped as I am trapped, but not themselves the trap, aging but without knowledge of their age, kept safe here, knowing not of death, for death. Oh, 
bars of my own body open, open. The world goes by my cage and never sees me. And there come not to me, as come to these, the wild beasts, sparrows pecking the llamas grain, pigeons settling on the bear's bread, buzzards tearing the meat the flies have clouded. Walter, when you come for the white bread that the foxes left, take off the red helmet of your head, the black wings that have shadowed me, and step to me as man, the wild brother at whose feet the white wolves born, to whose hand of power the great lioness stalks purring. You know what I was. You see what I am. Change me, change me. Change me, change me. This is Randall Jarrell. This has been my monthly audio newsletter, mostly about nothing. Thank you for listening. Oh, it's tied like this. No, it ain't tied like that either. I said it is tied like this. Let it be tied like that then. You are home.